We want to thank you today for joining us at Truth Chapel's podcast. I pray this word would bring you life. I pray that it would edify you, encourage you, and enlighten you. If you have a moment, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be so grateful. God bless, and let this word speak to your heart today. If you have a Bible today, you can turn with me very quickly. I'm going to take you to a very familiar scripture in the first book of Samuel, chapter 17. I taught a little bit from this chapter today, uh, but I want to read you a few things from first Samuel, chapter 17. I want to read you a few verses that don't normally get read, and so I'll just read you a few verses. 1 Samuel chapter 17, and I want to begin in verse 14. 1 Samuel 17 and verse 14. I'm going to switch back here, Brother Paulo. I'll feel a little better today if I do this. 1 Samuel chapter 17, beginning at verse 14. When you have it, say amen. If you want to stand for the reading of the word, thank you for honoring the word in that way. The Bible says this, and David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. And Jesse said unto David, his son, take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these ten loaves and run to the camp to thy brethren and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand and look now and look how thy brethren fare and take their pledge take this corn these ten loaves and these cheeses look at your brethren see how they're doing and take their pledge. Amen. If you'll allow me a little bit today, I know some of you may have heard me preach this message before. I've only preached it a couple times. I taught a series here several, uh, maybe a couple years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, uh, and I touched a little bit on this. But but today, uh, being the 3rd of July, right here on the 4th, I, I want to preach to you on this subject. There is a soldier in the servant. There is a soldier in the servant. Would you pray with me, Lord? I thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity to bring this word to your people. And I pray today that you would help us today to not only be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word also. And Lord, we'll, we will be so careful today to bless your name and to give you praise and glory. We do that now in the name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said in Jesus' name, would you clap for a moment unto the Lord and give him praise as you're seated in Jesus' name. Thank you again for standing for the reading of the word. Amen. It's so good to have my friend, the Crockers, in the house today. So blessed to have y'all with us today in the house. Great people of the Lord. One, one Sunday, they're going to let me know that they're going to be here ahead of time and sing a song for me one Sunday. Like just a text message, of, you know, home and pigeon, just something. Let a brother know so we can, uh, so we can make you work on your day off. You got to love that. Um, this portion of scripture in 1 Samuel 17 is often looked over, not really connected to the story. It's very easy uh, to skip over this. If, if you go back uh, one chapter to 
chapter 16. Uh, here's what we like to read about David. We like to read the part that David got anointed, and then we like to skip on up, and we like to read the part about David killing Goliath. Those are the best parts of the story about David. Those are the best parts. They're the easiest to preach parts. And, and, and really, I'm guilty myself. Uh, we, I, I talked about this a little bit today in our Bible study, but this is probably one of the most preached out of chapters in the Bible, uh, the story of David and Goliath. Very easy to preach these things and very good. They're very good and they should be preached about because it is stories of victory. It is stories of overcoming. It is, it is edification and it is encouragement to the church and to the people of God. David is anointed to be king. He's the youngest of his brethren and probably the most obscure person in the whole country of Israel to the people of Israel, but not the most obscure to God. God chooses him. The Bible says he chooses him a man after his own heart. He told, he told the prophet Samuel, Samuel, stop crying. Why are you weeping for Saul? I've already chosen me a man. He's a man after my own heart. And this is David, a, a teenager, a teenage boy that God decided I'm using him for my kingdom. And it's easy for us today to really play this story out in our minds because many of us, if not all of us, have heard the story of David and Goliath. And we uh, particularly know the story of, of David uh, becoming, David becoming uh, the great warrior, the great soldier that we know him as. David was a mighty man of valor. At one point in David's life, at the end of his life, God will inform David, David, I had chosen you to build my tabernacle, but because of your bloody house, I cannot let you touch my tabernacle. Because David had killed so many people, God would not allow him to build his tabernacle. He told David, he said, David, I'll let you prepare it, but Solomon will have to build it. So you go get the wood, you go get the stones, you go get the nails, you get everything that will need that we will need to make this happen. You go get the gold, the silver, the brass, the copper, the iron. You go get it all, but you can't build it. You can only prepare for it because David was such a mighty warrior and had so much blood on his hands. He was probably the most prolific warrior and soldier of really our, in, in the history of the world. David one time killed 200 Philistines just by himself just to prove to Saul that he was worthy enough to marry his daughter. David would fight all kinds of fights. It would not just be this one fight with, Saul, with, with Goliath, the most you know, notable fight that we know of David. But David would be a fighter's fighter. We would watch David become one of the most gracious and one of the most powerful soldiers really known to mankind. He was a great warrior. The Bible says that near the end of his life that David had destroyed all of the Philistines and God gave him a rest from his enemies. He killed them all. He killed all the enemy. He had no more enemies because he killed them all. I mean, this was a bad, bad man. Mama, who is that man? He was a bad, bad man. But that's really not how David's story begins. David's story is a little different than that if you go back far enough. You see, 
We know that David was a shepherd, that David watched his father's sheep. That, that was his job. That's what he did. He was obedient to his father. We know that David was obedient to his father because after he was anointed to be king, in front of his brethren, he went back out and kept watching sheep. With the anointing on his head, he went back and watched the sheep. I want that to sink in for just a moment. With the anointing on his head and the calling of God on his life, he still served. With, 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 with everything in line, he was the man. God chose him. God chose him over his brethren. You see, because God tested every one. Samuel thought Eliab is going to be the guy. He's the tallest. He's the strongest. He's the best looking. Got to be him. But God said, no, you are looking on the outside, but I am looking on the inside. David was chosen from that moment. He was chosen. The anointing oil was on him. You could not deny his anointing, and you could not deny his calling, but he decided, I'm going to go back and watch sheep because David was a servant. Now, if you, if you don't know the whole story of David, let me, let me introduce you to a part of the story that we don't really connect and understand because the Bible tells us in the same chapter, this is not a different time frame, in the same chapter that David is anointed king, 1 Samuel chapter 16, the Bible says that in that same chapter, in that same time frame, the Saul, King Saul, had been vexed by an evil spirit. The Lord sent an evil spirit to Saul. And Saul would become vexed at times. He'd become angry, depressed, broken down. And one of his servants, his servants came to him and said, listen, let us find for you a musician to play for you. And when the musician plays, the spirit will leave you. A very powerful lesson about the power of music in your life. Because if music can make a spirit go, music can make a spirit come. So, I'm going to leave that right there. Just check what you're listening to today. God bless you. Amen. Saul says to them, could you find me such a man? Does such a man exist? Is there a person that can do this? And one of Saul's servants, the Bible doesn't even give this man a name. Pretty legit if you ask me. One of Saul's servants says, I know such a man. He is a cunning player, beautiful musician, and he is a mighty man of war hold up time out he's a shepherd but this servant saw something that no one else saw he said there is a man he is the son of Jesse and Saul said can you get him for me so when David is anointed king he goes back out watches his father's sheep now he goes to Saul's house and the Bible says that when David would play the spirit would leave Saul. And then war broke out. When war broke out and the Philistines came and set themselves, the Bible says they set themselves in array with the Israelites. All of David's brothers went and followed Saul into battle. And David, the Bible tells us in, in our reading today, David was the youngest. And David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep. He doesn't go to war. He goes back home. He goes to feed the sheep. 
He was in Saul's house. Saul goes to battle and sends this kid back home to be protected in his father's house to watch the sheep, to feed the sheep. That's what the Bible tells us. So, so here's a few things that we know about David that you may have not understood until this moment. Is that David had already been in Saul's house. David already knew who Saul was. Saul already knew who David was. Saul had been a shepherd and now a musician for hire to run off the evil spirits that had come to vex Saul. And now he's home again, feeding the sheep. All of his brothers are at war. They're fighting. The Bible says that they have set the battle in array and are fighting every day. But every day as they're fighting, the, this giant will come out and will say to them, send me a man to fight me. They will all run and hide. They don't mind fighting regular people. See, this is another part of the story that we get mixed up. Because a lot of us believe that Saul and the men of Israel were just hiding, not fighting. No, the Bible says they were fighting every day. But when, but when Goliath would come out, they would run and hide. Because they were like, I'll fight a regular dude. I'm just not fighting this dude. Because this dude ain't regular. This man is nine feet tall. His spear weighs 700 shekels of iron. His shield is so big, he has to have somebody else carry it for him. I'm not fighting. I'll fight regular stuff. I'm just not fighting this. So they go and hide. Now, I know some of y'all thinking, what is, what, where are you going? Hold up. So David returns home. They're fighting. His brothers are fighting every day. 40 days, we know at least, at least 40 days, probably longer than that, but at least 40 days they've been fighting. Now, I don't know about you, but I mean, like, I get winded playing a game of basketball. These men have been fighting for 40 days. They're exhausted. They're tired. David's father calls him and says, David, here's what I want you to do. I got this here charcuterie board. Got a little corn on it. Got a little cheese on it. Got a little bread on it. It's a little salami. Probably not salami. They were Jews. Here's this kosher charcuterie board. I want you to take this down to your brothers, and I want you to check on them. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at them, see how they're doing, and then also take a pledge. Make them tell you how they're doing because I want to know how my boys are doing. So here's David, anointed to be king, has already been employed by Saul in Saul's house. He goes down to the battlefield with no weapon that we know of. He shows up at the battlefield with a charcuterie board, and his question is, how y'all doing? See, this is the part of the story that we miss. What we miss is, is that when David shows up to the battlefield, he does not show up as a soldier. When David shows up to the battlefield, he shows up as a servant. David has a history of serving. He has served his father, he has served Saul, and now he has served his father again. And now, in this moment, he's serving his brothers and the captains over his brothers. He's a servant. David is a servant. We know him as the most prolific warrior probably in the history of mankind. But he's not that in God's eyes. In God's eyes, this boy knows how to serve. He knows how to serve his father. He knows how to serve his king. And he knows how to serve his brothers. This is his life. It is a life of serving. He is a servant at heart. He, he doesn't mind. 
even though there is anointing oil on my head, I don't mind checking on my brothers. Oh, I got to preach for a little while right here. Even though I'm called, I don't mind serving in my position. Even though the anointing is upon me, I don't mind serving. You see, that's what I am. I am a servant. I serve. Yes, I'm a servant today. Today, I know you probably think of me as pastor and preacher. And in the last few weeks, I've preached to probably a couple thousand people across America. But at the end of the day, I'm just a servant. Because the word minister means servant. I'm just a servant today. That's all I am. No matter what you make of me, at the end of the day, I'm just a servant. Because servants serve. David is a servant. He has served his father. He has served his king. And at this very moment, he's serving his brothers. He's just a servant. Here's what we cannot see. In his pocket is a sling. Y'all don't shout good enough for me. Here's what we cannot see about David. None of us even know it yet. Nobody, if you're reading the story for the first time and you don't know anything about it, you've never heard about it before, at this moment you know nothing about David's sling in his pocket. That man is a servant to the nth degree and in his hand is a nice charcuterie board, but in his pocket, unbeknownst to anybody, is a weapon. He ain't told nobody. He just rolled around with it. Just got it. Because inside the servant, you can't see it. I can't see it. His father can't see it. We know his brothers can't see it. Because his brothers start talking trash to him. Because while he's serving, while he's serving, he hears a voice. While he's being a servant, he hears a voice, a thundering voice that walks into the valley and says, send me a man. He ain't a man. He's a boy. But he's got a sling in his pocket. He's got, <laughs> he's got bread and cheese in his hands. But somewhere tucked away where me and you can't see it, the boy has a weapon on him. Ah, hallelujah. He, he, as he's serving, as he is serving, he has the opportunity to hear the voice of the enemy. If he was too big to bring cheese to his brothers, he would have never heard Goliath. If he was too great to serve his father, he would have never heard Goliath. If he was too anointed, to serve his king. No, oh, ain't nobody want to talk back to the preacher on a Sunday. If he was too lofty, if he was too great, if he was too mighty of a man to bring cheese and bread to people who didn't even respect him, he would have never heard Goliath's voice. But as he was serving, he heard a voice. Oh, I come to tell somebody that there is opportunities with cheese and bread in your hand. There is opportunities when you... When you serve, you get opportunities nobody else gets. When you serve, you walk into things nobody else walks into. When you serve, oh, I feel my help coming right here. 
You show me the people that God is using, I'll show you people that don't mind taking cheese and bread to the battlefield. You show me the people that God has elevated, I'll show you people that have served somewhere. Ah. You show me a young man holding a mantle, I'll show you a young man who served a ministry. You show me a young man holding the head of a giant, I'll show you a young man who ain't afraid to hold a charcuterie board. If you show me a young man who can take down armies, I'll show you a young man who will serve his people. We can't see it yet. We can't see it yet. Nobody sees it yet. We can't see it. All we see is a, is a kid who's a servant who's got cheese and bread. The only thing in his mouth is how y'all doing. But when he hears the sound of the Goliath, he says, who is that? He said, what, 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 what are we going to do about this? How are we going to handle this? All of a sudden, this, this, this young, innocent boy begins to shift. Something changes about him. He starts standing a little bit taller, like, uh-uh, hold up. Y'all not going to talk about my people like that. I'm not going to talk about my God like that. You see, you got to be careful of the quiet ones. It's the dog that don't bark. Hey, it's the dog that don't bark that will put his teeth in you. Some of us, all we do is run our mouth, but we ain't about to do nothing. It's, it's, the, it's the one who will say, something got to be done about this. Here's what his brother said. His brother said, why don't you go home? I know the naughtiness of your heart. Why don't you go home? His brother says to him, who did you leave those few sheep with? What a slice, what a cut. You see, here's the deal. If David would have showed up to the battlefield as a soldier, the first person he might have killed would have been his own brother. Ain't nobody want to talk back to me. Yeah, you see, if he showed up with the sword in his hand, the first opportunity he had to defend his own honor would have been against his own brother. But when his brother cuts him, he has no weapon in his hand. All he has is in his hand is serving. You see, a lot of us, we keep showing up and we want to be it. We want to have the name badge. Give me an office on the corner. We all about being the soldier. But God don't need soldiers. God ain't ever looking for soldiers. I've read this Bible a hundred times and I've never seen one place where God was looking for a soldier. Not one time, not one place, not one time. He finds people hiding. He finds couples that are too old to have children. He finds men who are too weak. He finds teenagers and he makes them kings. He finds servants because God knows what they can't see inside every servant. Uh, you see, it's, it's hard to make a servant out of a soldier. Very difficult. It's very difficult to get somebody who always wanting to fight and make them someone who wants to serve. But, but God has a way of taking people who would never show up on their own, who would never toot their own horn. God, God has a way of taking people who, who, who no one could see it happening. He has a way of taking those people and making them into people who will say, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? 
That's what David said to his brother. Is there not a cause? He doesn't argue with his brother. He just says, is there not a cause? And somebody repeated it to Saul. Saul, someone said, hey, man, there's this kid over here. Got a charcuterie board talking about he want to go fight Goliath. He said, bring him to me. He comes in. Saul knows him because he's been playing for Saul in Saul's home. When he walks in the door, he knows David. All he sees is a little musician. Oh, choir boy. Oh, he the singer. He going to sing us. Well, you going to sing him? You going to sing him to sleep? What you going to do? You going to sing? You going to sing Goliath the song? Or what you going to do? You going to play the harp for him? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know you're soft. You know you're soft. You, you, your fingers are soft. You can play that piano. You play, them, you play the harp. You're soft. You can't fight him. You can't fight him because you are just a servant. You see, for, for so long, for so long when I read this verse, is, is, is this okay on a Sunday? Is this okay if I preach like this? You know, for so long, I myself got this mixed up. See, because I used to be a soldier. And so I, the way I, you know, I got that military mindset. And so sometimes I get this kind of mixed up. Here's what Saul says to David. Saul says this to David. Saul says, you can't fight him because you are but a youth. And he has been a man of war since his youth. And when I read that, oh, I had a message to preach. Because here's what I would preach. I would say, while the Philistines are making warriors, we over here making shepherds. And I thought that was a good preaching point. That, you know, we need to be raising up warriors. Oh, how wrong was I? You see, the church, the church has been guilty of soldierizing young people. We're trying to make y'all warriors. We're trying to make y'all fighters. I ain't got no Bible for that. That's my problem. My, my problem is I ain't got no Bible for that. Not, I don't. And, 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 and when I saw that, I thought, man, the Israelites, they got their young people serving, and the Philistines have their young people fighting. And I thought, we need to change that around. We need to be raising up our young people to fight. And I was wrong. This is the man that God chose. He did not choose him after he killed Goliath. He chose him before he killed Goliath. When God chose him, what was he doing? When God looked down and saw this young boy, what was he doing when God said, that's what I want? You know what he was doing? He was serving. Yeah, you see, we don't need to make soldiers. We need to make servants. Uh, see, it's not going to fit in your criteria. It ain't going to fit in your little plan. It goes, it's so countercultural. It's so counter church cultural. Because we're trying to raise up little commandos everywhere who don't want to do nothing. All they want to do is preach. All they want to do is give me a stage and give me a mic. What we're raising up is little minions who can't do nothing if they don't get any mic time. Oh, anybody want to talk back to me? All we're raising up is a bunch of young people that want to be the star of the show. And if they can't be the star, if they can't sing, if they can't play, if they aren't on the team, they'll take their little ball and go home. That's what we raise up. That's our problem right now. 
We got a bunch of kids. They, they all want trophies. And what we should be doing is raising up young people who will serve no matter what. Even though I am skilled, I serve. Even though I can sing better than you, I'm still a servant. Even though, even though God called me, I still serve. And you know why? Because God can take a servant and make him a soldier. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. When you have the servant spirit in you and you want to serve, you'll say, this is not good. I want to make a difference. Do you realize that me and you are living in a free country today, not because of soldiers, but because of servants? Thank God for the military. I, I, I believe in it. I was in the military. Thank God for men and women that gave their life. But every one of those men and women were serving a cause. They were serving a cause. They believed in a cause so much that they faced death because they served. They wanted to serve people that didn't even know them yet. They wanted to serve people that would come hundreds of years later. They wanted to serve somewhere. There was something inside of men who said, we want to serve someone. And because they decided to serve, they had to be a soldier. Uh, oh, yeah, you're talking about men. You talk about men when this country was founded. Men who didn't know really anything about fighting. Most of the men that fought for this country were farmers. Most of the men that fought for this country were people who were just living their life. They were just sitting around building homes and trying to raise children and live in a free democracy world. They were not soldiers. They were just trying to serve the generations that were coming after them. But when they couldn't do it, they decided that we will serve a way in a way that makes us a soldier. And we are not sitting here today because of just soldiers. We're sitting here today because of people who served. That's what we say. Isn't it, Brother George, when we, when we talk about Veterans Day, we say we want to thank those who serve. Why? We, 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 did, we, we don't say we want to thank those who soldiered. We say we want to thank those who served. Because a true soldier is first a servant. Saul couldn't see the soldier. All he could see was the little boy. And he said, you can't fight him. And David had to admit. You see, me and you would never know this unless David reached the point where he had to say, you know what? I know you just think I'm a servant. I know you just think I'm a shepherd. But while I serve my father, while I watch my father's sheep, no, nobody knows this. I know Eliab doesn't know this because if Eliab knew I was killing lions and bears, he wouldn't have talked to me like that. So, so, so listen, here's the deal. When you're a servant and you're serving, you don't post everything you do. Oh, anybody want to talk back to me? No one knew. Nobody knew, nobody knew, no one knew that David had killed a lion and a bear because David knew that while I'm serving, I don't be just putting all my business out there in the street. 
You know why? Because I'm not killing the lion and killing the bear so you can like my post. I'm killing the lion and killing the bear because I'm serving my father. Oh. I wish I could really preach this thing like I feel it, but I don't have time. I got to tell a generation, I got to tell a generation of people, everybody doesn't need to know about your greatness because if you will fight private battles, God will give you public place. Oh, I fought the lion in private. I fought the bear in private. And because God could trust me with the private victory, he put me on blast and gave me a public victory. But we don't even know what private means anymore. We know what you ate, when you ate. We know when you took a shower. We know when you prayed. We know when you fasted. We know everything about you. You, you ain't living in obscurity, baby. We know everything about you. You know what makes, you know what makes me laugh? is people who are off-grid but post videos about it. <laughs> you know, baby, if you're posting videos, you're not off-grid. You own grid. We know where you at, cuz. There's a video. You're posting a video of being off-grid. You're not off-grid. We know everything about you. But when a servant shows up, he ain't showing up for no fanfare. He just says, there's a job that needs to be done, and I want to serve. I'll serve. God can take that person and make him a lion killer. God can take that person and make him a bear killer. God can take that person and make him a giant killer. Uh, and, and here's how we really know it. And I'm, I'm almost finished. Here's how we really know it. It's when Saul said, put on my armor. It's, it's, you know, we've, we've, we've theorized so many things about this moment. We've theorized so many things about this moment. But, but, but let me just break it down to you in, in, in maybe a different way that you've never heard it before. Saul said, put on my armor. David said, I haven't tested it. It's not that it's wrong. And it's not that it doesn't fit. David said, I haven't tested it. I've, I've never done anything in it. And, and like, like the way that I do things might not be shiny. And the way that I do things may be a lot different than the way you do things. But I'm not willing to try something that I've never tried before just so I can get the acceptance of other people. I, I haven't tried it. Let me do what I know to do. I know that I got this sling. And I've tried this sling. And, I've worked, and, and I know it's not as glamorous as this armor. I know this armor would bring me more attention. I know this armor would bring me more fanfare. I, I know this armor would make me look like you. I know this armor would make you feel better. I know this armor may help you with this decision. But I just haven't tried it. I'm not saying that I never will. I'm just saying right now, that's not really what it's about for me. I'm here for a cause. I'm here for a cause. I'm, I, I, I'm not here to make myself a name. And, and just let me do what I do well. 
And if you'll let me, if you'll let me, I'll go and I'll fight. And Saul reluctantly lets David go. Reluctantly lets him, <clears throat> reluctantly lets him go down there. And on the way, David stops by a brook. He pulls out five smooth stones, J-E-S-U-S. F-A-I-T-H. Oh, hallelujah. The five-fold ministry. M-E-R-C-Y. G-R-A-C-E. Hey, I got him. I got him. I can preach him all day. But I don't believe he picked up five smooth stones because of any of that. I just believe he picked up five smooth stones for the same reason you would have. In case he missed. To me, that's more prolific than all the other ones. Because it, it lets me know that David had made up in his mind, if I miss... I'm not running. David already had it in the spirit. David in the spirit said, you know what? If I miss this joker, I'm not going home because I'm just going to reload. If I miss him, I'll just try again. And I'll try five times. And if I, I'll just pick a rock up off the ground. But I mean, I, I think in my skill level, I can get him at least once out of the five times. David walks down there to that, that valley. And right before our very eyes, we see a servant transition into a soldier. He throws the stone. The stone meets it, Mark. Knocks Goliath off his feet. Dazed and confused, probably unconscious. Hit between the eyes with a stone traveling probably over 100 miles an hour. Eyes crossed, brain hurting. He probably barely felt David climb up on his chest, pull a sword out from his own sheath. The last thing he probably saw was his own sword falling on his neck. What God, what the devil meant for evil, God turned it around. Yeah. David cuts his head off. It's just, it just amazes me. It just amazes me that in the same chapter, this dude's holding a charcuterie board and the head. The same, the same guy. Cheese and bread, anybody? Cheese and bread. Cheese and bread. That same dude, a few moments later, is got a head. Blood profusely pouring out of it, entrails hanging from it. Goliath's mouth hanging open. And so David prevailed over the Philistine. It's crazy. I want to read for you one verse. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 55. Can you put that on the screen for me? 1 Samuel 17 verse 55. This is so amazing to me. If you've never seen this before, it's going to help you. And when Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine, he said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, whose son is this you? And Abner said, as thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. You see that? This man had been inside Saul's home playing for him for months. He knew who he was. He was from Jesse's house. 
the, the servant said, I know a man. He is a mighty, cunning player, and he's a mighty man of war. He is one of the sons of Jesse. Saul said, send him. He came and played for Saul. Saul sent him home because Saul went to war. When David goes down into that valley, cuts off the head of the, of the giant, and is walking up the side of the mountain with a head in his hand, Saul says, who is this kid? Something happened. Something happened in the valley. Something happened in the valley. Something happened. This, th th this little boy serving hors d'oeuvres to his brothers becomes a powerful soldier who even Saul cannot tell who he is. I don't recognize him. I recognized him when he was playing the harp, but I don't recognize him covered in blood. I recognized him when he sat in my house and he, he played effortlessly and diligently and beautifully and skillfully and the spirits left me. I, I knew him then. But with a severed head in his hand, I'm having a hard time placing him. Who is you see, me and you, we know, we know that the kid serving his brothers is the kid who's become a soldier, the most prolific soldier of our time. We'll never see David use a sling again in his entire life. He will only use a sword from now on. He killed a lion and a bear with his hands. He killed Goliath with a sling. But when he put that sword in his hand, he'll never go back. It feels good to him. He will say at some point, as he runs from Saul, is there a spear or sword here? And the priest will say, the sword of Goliath is here. And he'll say, give it to me, because there's none like it. He is a warrior, a soldier, but he never forgets how to serve. He is a soldier. The only other soldier that I could even imagine being close to him was a man who came and shed his blood. He fought death, hell, the grave, and sin. That soldier, that soldier fought for our freedom and our liberty. But we don't see him as a servant. We see him as a great soldier. But if you'll go back, before we see the soldier, we see the most powerful man in the room. Moments before his death. Brother Eric, moments before he will become the greatest soldier to ever walk on the planet. Moments before the most powerful man in the room gets a towel. And shows us how the servant can become a soldier. Jesus shows us that the greatest soldiers are born out of servanthood. So today I ask you, who are you serving? On a day that me and you, on a weekend that me and you celebrate our freedoms because of men and women that served, I ask you today, who are you serving? Where are you serving? How are you serving? Because we are entering into a time 
in our lives. Under our own vision, we are watching the earth become a tumultuous place. We are watching evil become good and good become evil right before our eyes. We're watching the enemy raise his ugly head. And he's saying, send me a man. And you know what God's looking for? He ain't looking for soldiers right now. He's just looking for people who will serve, serve the kingdom, serve the ministry, serve the Lord, serve with gladness. Serve with gladness. If you're a servant, let me tell you, you may not even feel this way right now, but as you serve, you may hear a voice. As you serve, you may hear a call. As you serve, you may see a cause. As you serve, God will say, hey, there's a soldier in you. I believe that there are some soldiers in this room. You know why I believe that? Because I know how good you serve. You serve so good. You show up every Sunday. You show up early. You serve. You serve God's people. You serve God's church. You serve. And you may think, I'm just a, I'm just a servant, Pastor Chavis. But can I tell you today, you need to look deeper inside of you. There is a soldier in there. There is a soldier in there. Would you stand with me today? I don't, know, I don't know who this message is for today. I, I believe that this message is for everybody. I really do. I really do because God is looking for servants. God's looking for people who know how to serve. When he was looking for a king, the first king that God would choose, the first king that God would choose, God did not choose Saul. The people chose Saul. Go back and read your Bible. God did not choose Saul. The people chose Saul. The first king that God would choose would be a boy who was just a servant. God said, if I can trust him with those few sheep, if I can trust him on the backside of the mountain with nobody watching with those few sheep, I can trust him with my people. If I can trust him to be anointed in front of his brothers, but still serve the brothers he was anointed in front of. Oh. Are you hearing me today? God said, if I could trust him to serve his brothers in front of whom he was anointed, I can trust him. I can trust him with my people. If I can trust him with obscurity, I can trust him with greatness. If he can hang around with no position, no power, no place, I can trust him with the power and the place and the position. I can trust him with all of that. So I ask you today, who are you serving? Where are you serving? On this weekend when we celebrate our freedom as a country and, 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 and we're so spoiled we don't even really realize how free we are we are so free today we're so blessed today we're so thankful today on, on this weekend when, when we thank the soldiers who serve I ask you to ask yourself who am I serving today where am I serving how am I serving who am I encouraging who am I uplifting or am I just sitting in the church grading everybody judging everything the leadership does, sitting back, eating, never giving, never giving to myself. I'm not going to give of myself because if I don't have a position of power, I won't serve. 
I, I need to be in charge of it. Can you be in charge and obey the people who are in, are in charge? Could you just serve without being the leader for a while? Because I'll tell you, as a pastor, I'm, I'm not looking for talent. Nay, nay. I'm not looking for talent. I'm not looking for skill. I'm looking for a spirit of a servant. That's why some of y'all look around at some of the leaders in this church and you wonder, why are they doing that? They, they, they're not qualified. Probably not. They're probably not qualified. But I chose them because they serve very well. That's why I chose them. Because they had a spirit of a servant. And they served. And if you wonder about that, just, just wait around till today. You'll see them out there serving. When they could be playing, they'll be serving. When you come to church, you're just enjoying your little seat. You look around, they'll be serving. Doing something, working somewhere, working over here, working over there, working up there, working over there, always working. Show up to men's work day, they'll be here. Show up to clean up Saturday, they'll be here. Show up to a special event at church, they'll be here. And then you'll see, oh, I get it now. Yeah, yeah, you get it, you see it now. I'm just looking for, for people who serve because I know that I see in these scriptures that there is always a soldier in my servant. There's a soldier in my servant. I don't know who I preached to today, but as every head is bowed, every eye is closed. We want to thank you again for joining us on the Truth Chapel podcast. May you have a blessed day and walk in the favor of the Lord.